You have arrived at your destination. Before we get started here on our uh, John Carpenter-centric uh, episode of the Common Creatives Podcast, uh, we should note that we will be spoiling all of the things John Carpenter. Anything we talk about, we are free to talk about any point of the plot at all. The climax... It was made in the 70s. The secret twist. In the 80s. The fact that Jamie Lee Curtis rules in it. Some of the 90s. Yeah, we can talk about whatever we want. He's made so. stuff even more recent, but you don't need to worry about those. Yeah, primarily for this episode, we're talking about uh, Halloween. We're talking about The Thing. I don't know that we'll get into too much spoilers aside from those. but Yeah, the if, assumption is that everyone dies at the end. Of course, everyone dies and Bruce Willis is a ghost. So yeah. if you haven't seen either of those movies or there's any John Carpenter properties that you are particularly concerned about, please go check those out before you listen to this episode. Hey, they're on iTunes. <laughs> Spin it. Hi, Joe. Back again. Back again. Welcome, everybody. Guess who's back? That's right. Back again. With our very own Eminem-centric podcast. This is this is Will, and you and are. I, I remember growing <laughs> up, uh, people thought you called me Cho. Is that true? Yeah, that you had a hard ch- just. I'm just learning Will this. Will and Cho. I'm just learning this. I don't know. I don't remember who it was, but they used to, maybe it was my mom. Cho? That kind of picked huh. picked picked on you for well, that. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, Will and Cho. I didn't know that ever until right. Oh. I don't think I've ever heard that said before. I didn't I wasn't aware of that. Welcome everybody to 20, the Common Creative Podcast. 23 years after our me- yeah. meeting. Is that right? 23 years? Well, was, we were like 10, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense then. Mathematically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 23 years of friendship, all culminating in this this one episode of this podcast, certainly. So would you say this is, this is our uh, spooktacular? This is one of our... I feel like there's going to be quite a bit of spooky on this podcast, if I had to guess. A couple creeps. Knowing what we're after. Uh, knowing some of the things we're going to talk about, I'd say we're going to hit... But this is definitely one of the... Sp- we're getting ready to step in some spooky. Yeah. You know it's, what I mean? It's that time of year when, as we're recording this. We're as recording we're recording this in... Uh, I guess it doesn't really matter. Doesn't Who really knows matter. when we're gonna? Who knows when you'll hear this? But yeah. we're recording it at a spooky time of year, so that uh, that's the impetus for us to want to talk about what it is that we're gonna talk about. And Joe, what is it that we're gonna talk about today? What are we digging into? Uh, Jay Carps. Jay Carps. <laughs> JC. Uh, today we're gonna dig into the works of yes. Mr. John Carpenter. Mr. John Carpenter, the one and the only. I'd call him absolutely. A, I'd call him a common creative. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Please do that just every, every time. time. Every time. Yeah. Absolutely. Um John Carpenter, you know him. I mean, what's John Carpenter famous for? For those who have never who have no idea who we're talking about, right? Kabout. Come on. You got to know who this is, right? But John Carpenter obviously probably his most famous, I would say, right? Is his most famous Halloween, right? Um or what do you think? I would say so. Okay. Um, so he's a director. He's a composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a writer. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, film producer. Film producer. Yeah. Uh, now a video game and NBA that's right. um, fan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is right. Yeah, but probably best known, I would argue, for Halloween. Halloween. Right? Yeah. Um, okay. <clears throat> doing uh, doing a little bit of reading. Yeah. Um, just to kind of freshen up on my, my J-Carps. Sure. <laughs> Um, a lot of people yeah. say that the thing is his most, uh, that it's the thing and then Halloween. Oh, in terms That's of quality? The, in terms of quality and in terms of just popularity and really? what he's known for. That's um, very interesting. And I, I would assume it's just kind of the thing that you're into <laughs> it's the thing that you're into uh, yeah. um that's um, not the only thing I'm, that's i'm happen. much more of a, a a a horror yeah um and not that the thing isn't horror right but it's definitely more of a kind of a sci-fi yeah it's almost, sci-fi horror yeah. yeah certainly um so he's known for those things and those things he's known for halloween he's known for the thing what else does he have just in terms of introduction before we really dig right. into the meat of talking about him and what he does um what else what else has he got on his docket 
that you can think we'll of. Let's see. He did uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China. Escape yeah. from New York. Absolutely. Escape from L.A. Escape from L.A. The Fog. The John fog. Carpenter's The Fog. John Carpenter. See, he's one of these people. He's this one is, of those. And this is very interesting to me. Super it is, cool. It is. It's <laughs> super cool. And it's one of the things that I do want to talk about. And so I want to put a pin in that because we're going through some of the most prominent things sure. that you would know, right? But I do want to come back to John Carpenter's whatever, right? right? Yeah, because that's very, very cool. Um, I think... Th- for me, the the thing that I always found most interesting being a yeah. composer is that he's just as well known for yeah. his uh, his very specific horror themes. Yes, his composition, um, his music. Yeah, you you can know the the Halloween uh, motif. Yes. Yeah. without ever having seen the movie. The Absolutely. Yeah, you know that yeah. kind of drop there. But um, so yeah, that's. Yeah, that's, he also had that's John Carpenter. Uh, he also did uh, some some less known ones. He did The Fog, which yep. I don't think we've mentioned yet. I did. Did you mention that? I okay, did. I'm so sorry. And then Prince of Darkness. Uh, he Prince, also of Darkness, did Prince of uh, Darkness. Village of the Damned. Yes. Village of the Damned. He, yes. He actually, my dad and I went and saw a John Carpenter movie called uh, Ghost of Mars. Okay. Before yes. I ever yeah, knew yeah, yeah. who John Carpenter was, oh, kind of growing up. Yeah. Um, huh. It wasn't very good. Right. <laughs> okay. So, um, well, the way, let's uh, let's jump into it this way, because uh, since we've already sort of mentioned it, right, let's talk yeah. about the John Carpenter's whatever. Right? Sure. So, first of all, let me just say, if you ha- if you don't know who John Carpenter is, obviously go watch some John Carpenter. Surely you've seen Halloween. Yeah, right? surely you you've seen You at least know who Michael Myers is or whatever, but right. um, go watch some John Carpenter movies because they're John Carpenter movies, right? Right. Um, so... Uh, Halloween. I don't know if it's. I'm not sure it's John Carpenter's Halloween, but he. No. It might be post Halloween. Yeah. He starts doing that, putting John Carpenter's whatever. Right? right. Um, what is it about? Why is that so cool? I like that so much, and I don't know why. Yeah, it, uh, it's interesting. I um, <clears throat> I actually designed a poster that never got used for a movie that um, some friends and I, uh, or some friends of mine made. Yeah. And on the poster, I put a film by. Yeah. And then I mentioned the filmmaker's sure. names. Yeah, and, of course. And one of those filmmakers was like, "No, no, no, no! Don't, don't put that. Like, okay. just make it about the movie. Like, oh, it's, interesting. It's like, kind of like it's, a, it's like a van- yeah. vanity card. It's sure. A, it's a, it's a, it's ego. Yeah, it's ego. Sure. So they were afraid of that. Yeah. Yeah. Other personality types. True. Not. Not afraid. John of that. Carpenter. Yes. Not. Yeah. And to some extent, I mean, for me, like when I see, so John Carpenter, I would argue, right, just knowing him from where, and neither of us are experts on John Carpenter, but we know him, right? And yeah. we've done a little looking into him to record this episode. I mean, he is a genre filmmaker, right? Yeah. I absolutely. mean, that's sort of his thing, which is probably why I love all his movies so much, right? Right. They're very, he's, I read an interview, or an interview, I read a uh, review of one of his movies that I, I think I have a quote from here in a little bit, but it's like, uh, it said something like, character is not his strong suit, he's more plot driven, and let's, stuff let's, like that, let's, right? Let's jump yeah. into that real quick. Yeah, 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 please. So, one of, one of the, uh, my, my biggest, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Whenever you're embarrassed to admit something. Oh, uh, biggest shames. Shame. <laughs> biggest uh, uh, confession. Confession. Okay. My good. confession yeah. is that yeah. I, I throughout my life have seen many bits and pieces of yeah. John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never had I seen it from start to finish. Oh, so, okay. So uh, earlier yeah. this week, I bought it on iTunes. Yeah, nice. And the, pu- the picture is John Carpenter's yes. The Thing. Of course it is. Yeah. Um, and I knew I knew the plot. I knew all the characters, but I had never yeah. seen it from start to finish. Sure. And so you watched it. You said I watched, watched it? it. Okay, cool. I still know nothing about who they are. Right. Nothing. No. Right. Of course. Um, yes. By the end of the movie, yeah, it's like that movie. Well, it won, it won awards. It won like awards on uh-huh. uh, uh, just the visual effects of the sure. time. Oh, of course. Was it Rick Baker? Did Rick Baker work on that? I want to say. I'm not sure. Anyway, yeah, I might be wrong. Uh, it's it's not important enough to look for. Um, but, but nevertheless, the, as the VFX far as character, yeah. like yeah. Uh, when I'm uh, you and I are both writers. We both write narrative yeah. and character. And the, when sure. I'm writing, like I make sure to like. The thing that gets me going is making sure I know who these people are and why. Yes. I don't care about plot. Good. I have to have it. Yeah. As a it's writer. A, it's a necessity. Because but, yeah. people need it. But for sure. me, it's just like, give me that first act of learning who these people are. The thing I know about the main character in the thing is that he played a game 
got mad at the game and <laughs> yeah, poured his whiskey right. in the game and broke yeah. it. He's just Kurt Russell, right? That's the most I know <laughs> of about course. him. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so <laughs> that's so true. So it's not about, and that's, I mean, going back to, I feel like that's that ties into, right, the fact that it's John Carpenter's whatever, Big Trouble sure. in Little China or something like that, because you know you're going to see a genre movie, right? Right. Um, putting Steven Spielberg's on the front of something might tell you something, but if you're seeing a Steven Spielberg movie, you might be seeing E.T., you might be seeing Schindler's List, right? Yeah, you might be seeing Jaws. You might be seeing yeah. Jaws. He's got a wide He's got a wide sort of breadth. John Carpenter is a genre guy. There's going to be some magic in there. There's going to be a serial killer. There's going to be uh, some vampires. You know what I mean? He's There's, gonna have right. something. There's gonna be a, a, a yeah. living, breathing car. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. There's gonna be something weird in there because it's John Carpenter. And I really like the fact that he sort of brands himself in that way. So um, so let's jump into Halloween. Let's talk about that a little yep. bit because that I, is... I would argue that's in the last the 10 years or so, there's a... We actually talked about this and I think we should do an episode on this. Yeah. Mumble gore. Yeah, we should. <laughs> which yeah. is just a subgenre of mumblecore. Yeah. Which is a type of super character driven yeah. uh movies, narratives. Yeah. That um it's really just kind of about who these people are in a less much much less about what happens to them, right? Yeah. Um and a lot a lot of complaints are they kind of mumble to each other like we do in real life. Sure. It's just a slice of life Absolutely. character piece. Uh huh. I would argue that Halloween is the first mumblegore movie. Well, that's interesting. Um, not so much in the all mm-hmm. that character, but it's such yeah. a slow burn. Yes, it um, is slow. Yeah, yeah. You know, do you think it's slow only in terms of looking back on where that genre went? Because I mean, one thing, and this is one thing, one reason we are talking about John Carpenter, right? In general, one of the things that he did was he's sort of very often attributed as the forefather of the slasher genre, right? I mean, sure. Halloween is potentially there might be other ones that I'm not aware of, but it's it's potentially it's one candidate for the first slasher movie, right? Yeah. It establishes so many tropes, right? The babysitter, the the mask wearing psychopath, right? All this yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, I don't it's hard to say. That. Yeah, but I mean, I I rewatched it maybe last year for the first time in like yeah. ten years. Sure. And I remember thinking like, oh, this is a lot like the movies I'm into right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the the Ty Wests of the world. The house, true. Like just not a lot happens, but when it yeah. does, it's. Yeah. Intense. Oh, the structure is so simple, right? Yeah. The structure is incredibly simple. It's teenagers on Halloween, right? Yeah. And then the psychopathic kid who used to live in this house comes back to the house. Yeah. Right? And back to the neighborhood and just kills a bunch of people. Yeah. Right? For, for uh, at, at, at best, very vague motives, right? Yeah. Michael Myers is not... I actually just recently watched the, um, the newest Halloween, the one that came out like last year or whatever. Yep. I watched that like a couple days ago. Um, Should have watched the original, but it was on there. So I watched, I watched that a couple days ago. And he's, he's not a sort of, um, he's a force of nature, right? I he's mean, he's the shape. Yeah. He's, he's just, yeah, exactly. This, just, exactly. Just a big shape. Yeah. Just terrifying. He's thing. just a force. He's not a, he has no personality. He has no character really. No. He's just a guy in a mask. Um, but I think what, yeah. what Halloween does so well is like, to me, like, I'm not, yeah. I feel like you have like movie nerds and you have horror nerds. Yeah. And they're, they're obviously there's a Venn diagram, yeah, yeah. but for sure, your straight up horror nerds are yeah. like, oh, Halloween number whatever is mm-hmm. my favorite. Oh, okay, sure. To me, John <laughs> yeah. Carpenter's Halloween, yeah, sure. the first one, is the Halloween movie. That's it, yeah. That's the one. Mm-hmm. All those others are like fun little fan fiction-y. Sure. I mean, that's probably sacrilege to say to a lot of well, people. Well, as a, as a, as but for a, me, it's yeah. like, it's his. Yeah. The shape, Michael Myers, is right. John Carpenter's. Yeah. Laurie Strode is... Yes. Well, actually, uh, I actually learned today, John Carpenter um, partnered with uh, Deborah Hill. Mm-hmm. A co-writer and on a lot of his features. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if she plays a big role in yeah. when he does do character right. Like oh, L- Laurie Strode is, I think, an interesting character. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Um, and to me, Halloween is her movie. Yeah. Um, what the Halloween movies become are Michael's movie, right? Sure. But yeah. Halloween, the first movie. Yeah. And this newest one are 
Laurie Strode's movie. Well, and and I have to jump in there. So as as a a bit of a a bit of a horror nerd here and there, I've dabbled in horror nerddom, right? I yeah. do have to say Same. Halloween Halloween three is completely different, right? It's a wild card. It's 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 very weird. We don't have to talk about it, yeah. but I do have to acknowledge that we understand that Halloween three is is right. weird. <laughs> so is, it's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I want to say originally like. John Carpenter wanted Halloween to yeah. be like for the first one to be Michael Myers, yes. the second one to be another thing that happens on yes. that night. It was almost like an anthology sure. series or something, which like would have been initially. super cool that to see where that cool. went, um, yeah. especially if they did a bunch of them because yeah. like you'd have a, a handful of hits. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Think. So, I mean, you have, and I mean, to some extent, calling that movie Halloween is amazing because it captures so much about what Halloween is, right? It's, when, it's uh, whenever, whenever uh, Laurie and her friends are walking home yes. from school. Absolutely, you, can, you could smell yes. the de- decaying like yes. leaves, the crunchy leaves. You can feel the breeze, Absolutely. like the sweaters, and like for oh, sure. God, it's and the it, best it time captures of the, year. It's it captures the most wonderful all that. time of the year. It really is. It captures all that stuff, and at the same time, it captures this sort of timeless, placeless yep. American suburbia that's so yep. nice, right? Um, but then also, you have that rolled into the fact that. Um, films have been being made up to that point that have more explicit violence, right? Yeah. Um, So I have a quote from Carpenter about Halloween that I'll read um, really, really quickly. He says, uh, he calls Halloween, quote, true crass exploitation. He said, I decided to make a film I would love to have seen as a kid full of cheap tricks like a haunted house at a fair where you walk down the corridor and things jump out at you. Yeah. And it's like, that's a wonderful... That's a wonderful encapsulation of what it is. It absolutely yeah. is a haunted house as a movie. You that know? I mean that that actually hearing that quote makes me excited. Like makes me yeah. want to write a movie. Like, yeah, 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 like it's like a yeah. haunted house on Halloween. Yes, exactly. Like yeah, everyone has that warm feeling of that. I mean, some people. I mean, some people's feelings, I'm sure, are not warm. No, of course. Um, when yeah, it yeah. comes to haunted houses and how that makes yeah. them feel, but for me, it's like yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. <laughs> well joy and i don't really like haunted houses i've talked about this on previous podcasts that we've done but nevertheless i love halloween almost more than anything um so i do have another question i'll throw this at you um one of the things that halloween has been accused of right that um some of the other that certainly the other slasher movies of the 80s and into presumably into the 90s um i know where you're going with this one of the things that they are accused of right is being inherently sort of for lack of a better word, socially conservative, right? Yep. They are against sex, clearly. Right. Because it's all teenagers, and when teenagers have sex, they die. They immediately, die. Right? It's against drugs. It's sort of Reagan-era, just say no. Because as right. soon as these white teenagers go out to the you know right. go out to the to the the place in the woods and then they do drugs they are murdered immediately yep. right um Laurie Strode on the other hand yes does not die good she yes. you know she's she overcomes the right. threat that is Michael and she doesn't have boyfriends she doesn't have boyfriends um, right she's the good girl she studies a lot right right she has books that yeah. she's into um Carpenter said that he was not going for this. No, I, he right? he'd been he's been asked many yes. on many occasions like is this like a critique of like yes. uh um, like sexual purity and yes. what that he's like no 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 I'm just trying to he said yes. I'm just trying to make normal teenagers. Exactly. And I, that does yep. reflect like American society, not yeah. you know, especially in the eighties or seventies, and, and so I mean that's super interesting because I think it's fair to say, um, and I would have to revisit you know the other ones like that, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, this kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I think it's fair to say, at least in their extreme, once you get to like you know Friday the Thirteenth Seven or Jason yeah. Takes Manhattan, they clearly are these sort of morality tales, right? Sure. They are like as soon as you have sex, you die. I mean, Scream even makes fun of this later, right? Yeah. As soon as you have sex, you die. Whatever. As soon as you do drugs, you die. This kind of thing but i mean i think part of what carpenter was going for and and he succeeds i think in the original is these are not he's not passing judgment on these teenagers and that makes that makes the threat of michael myers so much more horrific right right it's not justified these are just Mm -hmm. teenagers being teenagers right Right. um i mean i have a quote from carpenter that's at least his motive is that yeah absolutely and i have a quote from carpenter that's almost exactly what you said right he says quote it it has been suggested that i was making some kind of moral statement believe me i'm not in halloween i viewed the characters as simply normal teenagers yeah right so these are just normal teenagers who are being stalked by this insane man right um yeah on another on the other hand if you look at it 
generally when you see these kind of tropes in horror movies. Sure. And then you think about um, Western film structure. Yeah, yeah. Um, the most common thing you'll hear in any screenwriting class is yeah. the hero's journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and whatever that hero is has to has to be this like yeah you know the 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 good yeah <laughs> I mean that's going to reflect society it and, says and, something and what about, as a writer you think sure. people are going to see as the hero yeah and what the hero would and would not do well and it has to say something about and I think that that looks different now yes you know right well yeah I mean that's been complicated especially in recent years right with this sort of anti-hero push but like traditionally speaking right the hero the person who yeah. comes out victorious to some extent, we want to think that the world is a reasonable and just place. Yeah. And so the person who is good, who embodies our best values, is going to be the person who overcomes in the end. Yeah. Right? Um, and so whether he intended it or not, that's how it was read, right? That Laurie yeah. Strode reads books, doesn't have boyfriends, this type of thing. Yeah. And so that's why she's able to overcome the threat of Michael. Um, super interesting. So... Um, yeah, anything else you got about Halloween? I mean, the theme's um, iconic. The, the we already mentioned iconic. that. iconic. I, I yeah. think something interesting, this isn't something I've read recently, but I've I've done a lot of reading on, um, uh, especially I just scored, I just scored like a, a year and a half ago. The, mo- <laughs> sure. the movie's about to be uh, hit yeah. distribution. Sure. But uh, one, one of the biggest influences of the director of this movie was uh-huh. Uh, John Carpenter horror synth, which is oh yeah, a hot sure. commodity, of especially course. was in the last year or so. Yeah, following it follows and yeah, etc. Yeah, I mean it follows the David Robert Mitchell, the director, used John Carpenter a lot in the Temps. Sure, um, it, it just it's just like it's just nostal- nostalgic. It feels good. It's creepy. Of course, um, but so when I was actually scoring that movie. Um, I did a lot of research on kind of the sense that were used, yeah. um, John Carpenter's approach. And what's interesting about John Carpenter as a composer is that he, you know, his father was a, a, a music instructor. Oh, yeah. I um, didn't realize and, that. And uh, I think he still works in at Western in Bowling Green. I oh, think really? He's like a, I think he's an instructor there interesting. for music. Cool. Um, and he grew up in Bowling Green. Actually, my family's yeah. from Smith Grove, Kentucky. I was gonna say, I was gonna. This is yeah. the other thing and I was Smith gonna mention. Grove, about Illinois it. is where yes. Laurie, Stro- Laurie Strode lives. Absolutely. And on top of that, um, there are other there are mentions of Bowling Green, um, and the surrounding area, right. Bowling Green, Kentucky, in Halloween. That's right. Super cool. Um, so <laughs> Smith's Grove is mentioned. There's something else. There's one that's like, um, I and for those the, who don't know, we we uh, yeah. both grew up close-ish to Bowling Green. Yeah. I have family there. You went to I school I lived there, there for like five years, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, there, there are other things, and I'm, I'm blanking on them because I didn't uh, have them prepped, but the name of the uh, sanitarium where Michael yeah. is, I forget what it's called. I wanted to say it was called Smith's Grove, but I might be mistaken. Yeah, because um, yeah, Haddonfield, Illinois is where it happens, right? Okay. Is where uh, gotcha. uh, Laurie yeah, lives, yeah, yeah. and then Smith's Grove Sanitarium, or whatever right. the old-fashioned right, right, right. word was, yeah. right? That's where Michael is kept. Um, and there are some other mentions, too. Sure. I want to say they mentioned like Chestnut Street or something like that. Mm-hmm. They mentioned a street or two from Bowling Green, yeah. uh, stuff like that. So, so pretty cool stuff. Yeah, so his yeah. father's a music instructor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was always interested in music, ha- had a knack for it, yeah. her- heard it in his head, that kind of guy. Sure. Um, very little training, from what yeah. I understand. yeah. Um, can you tell that when you're listening to him as a composer um, that he has very little, <laughs> very I, little training? I can. Can you? Um, yeah. I mean, it's all, it, it all comes out very simple. Yeah. It's very, it's a very, very simple, like, but part of me, like, thinks that that's the charm of what yeah. he accomplishes is like, you know, Certainly. he hears an orchestra in his head for what he wants his movie. And for Halloween, yeah. they didn't have any money. Like, sure. Halloween yeah. made its money back, like, I want to say it was less than a million dollars, uh-huh. and they it, they made like sixty something. Oh yeah, it was one dollars. of the it, it was, was one the, of those. Yeah, one of the most successful financially yeah. indie indie movies. Yeah. Um. So one name that doesn't get brought up a lot when yeah. talking about John Carpenter's scores is yeah. Alan Howarth. Okay. Alan Howarth is an engineer, uh, composer, producer. Okay. Sure. Um, who uh, basically te- uh, was was. John Carpenter's right-hand man yeah. on most of the scores he did. Okay. Most of. Yeah, yeah. And basically, John Carpenter, Carpenter, you know, came up to him and said, I have to do this score. 
Um, I don't have an orchestra. Can you get me some string sounds? Yeah. So Alan Howarth gets on the Prophet like poly synthesizer and okay. says, this kind of sounds like strings. Here, oh, use I this. See. And then John Carpenter would sit down and play around and then yeah. they'd record it in. Yeah. You know what? I want something that sounds more like a piano or more pluck. Huh. Do, 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 do. So Al- really? Alan Howarth would find the sounds. Wow. And then he would keep the the synths tuned up and like That's he, he would do all this technical work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then John Carpenter just had the tunes in Just his head. to help John Carpenter so be So without creative. Alan Howarth, yeah. there would be no composer john carpenter in my opinion that's amazing yeah yeah Um, and what's even more interesting is that to this day carpenter isn't technically savvy on how to make those sounds sure and he uh he does albums with his son and uh his godson who is who is the son of like a famous musician i think oh really okay Um, i'll look that up yeah but sure sure and uh that's I, cool though. I know yeah. that when he's like he he they do some solo albums like mm-hmm. the Lost Themes or something. He yeah. and his son and his godson, who yeah. all the three of them scored the new Halloween movie together. Okay. Yeah. But when he's coming up with synth sounds, they yeah. use soft synths or software synths. Yeah. And he clicks through presets to find what he wants. <laughs> sure. He, he doesn't. He's not yeah. a. He's not a. Uh, I don't know what you would call somebody who's like a, like a tech, a synthesist. A synth- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like exactly. for me, like he's not an expert. I want to start. Yeah. I want to hit the key, and I want it to sound like this. Yeah, just a plain nasty <laughs> just no- wave, yeah. and yeah. I want to sculpt it myself and create sure. it myself of from course. nothing. Yeah, I mean that's part of. Yeah, that's part, part of, of it, artistic. Right, it's part of output. The, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure, that's part of the self-expression. But for Carpenter, he's not. That's not where his creativity lies, right? Exactly. He's not. He's not yeah. looking to build it from the ground up. He's using all these pre-made sounds. Yeah. That so that there are actually sc- John <laughs> yeah. Carpenter scores now. If you're looking on Spotify or whatever, sure. That you won't find unless you type in Alan Howarth. Yeah. Because he's like, he's the the kind of the ghost. Yeah. Sure. Um, in that you know, he, definitely, he basically produced the Halloween score. Yeah, and, and to some extent, I mean, that sounds like that ties in potentially to this notion of kind of branding, right? Mm-hmm. The branding of John Carpenter as right. as the creative that he is. Yeah. Obviously, he's brilliant, but at the same time, it's it's John Carpenter's whatever, right? Sure. John Carpenter's Halloween theme, this kind of right. thing. Um, that's really interesting. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we talk about the thing a little bit? Let's talk about the thing. Let's talk about the thing. This is one of my favorite movies ever. I'm so excited yeah. to talk about this. Uh, I didn't watch it in preparation for this, but I've mm-hmm. seen it a bunch of times. Sure. Um, I watched it probably uh, six to seven months ago, something like that. Yeah. Um, but this movie did not do well. John Carpenter's The Thing did not do well. A lot of his movies didn't. I know. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about <laughs> yeah. The Thing's release, yeah. The Thing was released theatrically one week after E.T. Okay. And E.T. is one Ooh. of my top ten favorite movies. Those are polar opposite yeah. alien movies. E.T. Like, <laughs> say what you want about E.T. Yeah. It's it's uh, emotionally manipulating. It's yeah. silly. Yeah. It's all of these things. But sure. for me, watching it, I I rewatched it a couple weeks ago. Uh huh. And Tiff and I and Tiff had never had never seen it. Yeah. And for me, that was such a joy for her to see <laughs> Elliot and Et lift up off the ground and right. You know. And we both had tears in our eyes yeah. because of that movie. Of course. I don't cry when I watch the thing. <laughs> no, of course you don't. Um, if if you do, it's for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing is, I mean, oh man, it's just so brilliant. First, so first of all, it's a remake. Interestingly enough, right? Uh, the thing from outer space. The thing for yeah, I think so. Or the thing from another world. The maybe. thing from another world. Thing from another world. So it's a remake of that. It's one of the few remakes where right. it's before remakes were happening every four years. Yeah. Um, and it is. It's isolating. It's Kurt sure. Russell, who he likes to work with, right? Yeah. He's worked with him in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Escape from L.A. Big trouble. Um. But it's isolating. It's um, it's got a great sort of mystery element to it, built yeah. right into it. And it is, um, and I think we'll maybe potentially do an episode about this individual later. But it's very, it's one of the best sort of examples in movies of what I would call Lovecraftian horror. Sure. Um, it is, and and what that means for folks who aren't familiar with Lovecraft or any of his writings, we'll do an episode on him at some point. But, um. What that essentially means is it's a horrific 
thing. I mean, it's a monster movie, right? But right. you never, interestingly enough, you both see and don't see the monster in right. the movie. And this is the brilliance of it, right? Mm-hmm. The thing itself has no actual form. You see... Right? You see the what it looks like to ter- to mimic. Yes, you so see the, what it looks the like. The process when it's, of mimicking. Uh, yeah, yeah, but what does it look like on its own? You're never given the answer to that question, yeah. and that's so powerful, right? Um, it doesn't have any true form. It's always something else or becoming something else. Sure. And it's just, and that makes for this great sort of body horror. Yeah, I think type. what's what's great yeah. about this type of movie, especially genre movies, is yeah. You know, I've never seen uh, The Thing from Another World. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually just listening to a podcast. Uh, it's called The Movie Crypt, and they had yeah. John Landis on, mm-hmm. um, which uh, American Werewolf, Werewolf in London Absolutely. is one of the greatest. Great movie. Like, mix, mismatch of horror comedy? and comedy. Yeah. 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 I, I watched it just a couple nights ago. That yeah. movie, is to me, is absolutely not a comedy. Okay. It's like it's got some funny stuff, but right. like that movie's it's funny moments. It's got funny moments, but like But it's not a comedy. And John Landis That's will, will go to yeah. the grave saying this is not a comedy. Yeah. Um interesting. But uh huh. he he had mentioned something about a, a horror remake that someone had done from yeah. something that they may have been talking about the thing. I don't remember, but like Sure. Sure the thing is a remake from um yeah, you know, from the 50s sort of yeah. But if the thing is a remake of a, the thing from another world, then <laughs> yeah. Alien is a remake of the thing, or you know, or oh right, I see what you're what, saying. You know, yeah, yeah. and all of those movies, like if you, if uh, there there's a guy, I forget his name. He he wrote this screenplay book called uh, How to Save the Cat, Save the Cat, mm-hmm. or something. Actually, it's sitting around here somewhere. Mm-hmm. I just had it, but uh, he's got like he's got a, a Western filmmaking as far as. Uh, the type of uh, filmmaking that you can make a movie and actually make money and be sure. successful. Yeah. It's got like, there are like eight movies you can make. Yeah. He's got it down to eight movies. And one of those movies <laughs> yeah. is there's a monster in the house. Uh-huh. And he goes yeah. through all of the tropes, how to make that movie. Sure. And he can find any successful movie and say, it's that movie. It's that movie. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and the thing is just a monster in the house. Yep. There's a monster in the house. Yep. How do you deal with this thing? Of course, yeah. And actually, just in terms of just in terms of accuracy, just for fun, uh, I do have to point out the thing came out after Alien, right? Right. So I was yeah. actually as soon as I said that, yeah. I was like, I think <laughs> I Alien sure. came first because yeah. I read in prep for this episode, I read the Roger Ebert uh, review of the thing. So the um, thing is a remake of Alien. Yeah, the thing is a remake of yeah. Alien, exactly. Um, but it's not though. No. Right. I mean, you. I mean, it, it you is know, in terms of structure, like you're saying. Sure. But it brings you as a viewer very different experiences than oh, Alien yeah. does. Absolutely. Um, you know, and and the well, isolation. I, I would argue that Alien yeah. is more character driven. Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it certainly is more character driven. I mean, as you're saying, it's it's the thing. The thing. One of the things that's so interesting about that movie is the fact that it it is a, it's a who done it to some extent, right? It is because the this alien can mimic everybody. Man, we that, don't know who it is, and it's this great study. The blood of, scene is so oh, good. Yes. I would love to have oh seen that. God, in on the yeah. big screen. Yeah, without having seen all oh. of these movies, I've seen yes. in my lifetime. Absolutely, um, absolutely. To feel the tension of. Is that blood going to jump up off? And of he the lets that he lets that tension build mm-hmm. a good amount, right? I mean, he goes. So for those who haven't seen it, first of all, go watch it. What are you doing? But second of all, um, it's it's a thing where they've taken blood samples from everyone who's there, and someone is this alien in disguise, right? This monstrous right. alien, and they're going to expose it. I to think the motive heat, is right. Yeah the the motive is a normal human's yeah blood. Yeah, isn't isn't an organism like we yes. are? It's not its own organism. It's not its own organism. So if you if you stick it if you stick human blood with some yeah. some a hot poker, it doesn't do right. anything. Right. So um, yeah. again, it's Kurt Russell Mac- yeah. McGreedy McGreedy something like that. Uh, yeah. McGreedy's character, I think, yeah. notices that like these body parts, the the blood and everything yeah. moves and 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 yeah. goes and tries to like once it once once it separates right yeah. once tissue or blood or whatever separates from uh separates from the host separates from the thing it becomes its own organism that will defend itself right right um Um, and that's the assumption yeah and he's like well yeah 
the blood must act the same way. So, exactly. The way to test this is... So they've got this flamethrower. <laughs> it's a straight-up... Fr- and and so they're, they've got this wire that they've shaved all the, the yeah. shielding off Absolutely. of, and they're just heating up this wire. Heating up the wire. Takes a little bit to heat the wire up enough. That lets the tension build a little yep. bit, right? And then it's a slow drop, and then... It just shows them. And the best part about it is, yeah. like, you've already made your assumptions yes. as to who's who exactly. and who's safe and who's not. Yeah. Um, it's like a, it's. I mean, it's it's uh, along. I don't know if anybody listening ever read any of this, but it's along the lines of like Agatha Christie, right? It's a murder mystery essentially, yeah. right? But the thing is, it plays in this sci-fi horror theme so well that yeah. it's like we can just test the blood of the killer, and then we will know who it is immediately, right? Yeah. And so, of course, when he when he sticks the blood of whoever it is, I forget. I don't even remember which character, but nevertheless. It jumps. It's right? a jump scare. Ugh. It's awful. And yeah. every time it's, and it's horrifying. It's great. They set so you good. on fire. <laughs> yes. And then they set you on fire and watch you burn, right? Yeah. Um, it's just so good. But the interesting thing is so I would argue, and I think it's fair to say, right, at this point, at least for horror fans, that's a classic. It's, it's sure. I, I think it's up there with maybe one of the best horror movies ever made. Like, it's just, it's so, so good, right? Yeah. It didn't do well at all. Critically. No. Um, financially, from what I understand, didn't do no. great. Um, so let me read a little bit of, sure. of Roger Ebert's review okay. of the thing. Um, so he gave it 2.5 stars, Yeah. right? Um, he says, The Thing is a great barf bag movie, all right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, is <it> any, <laughs> but is it any good? I found it disappointing for two reasons. The superficial characterizations and the implausible behavior of the scientists on that icy outpost, right? So, I mean, he goes on and on about why things are implausible. He talks about potential plot holes. Sure. And he also talks about what we've been talking about, which is lack of characterization, right? Is he wrong? You know, he's wrong in his evaluation. Yeah. I'm not sure that he's wrong in his description. No. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yes, he's right. It's not about characterization. No. Um, And at the same time, some of it is implausible. You know what I'm saying? But that's fine. Right. That's okay. And to some extent, I want to say that is what I like about John Carpenter movies. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, What he sees as weaknesses, I see as strengths for these movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are are good features of the thing. But you love your... Pulpy fiction. Exactly. Exactly. I want plot, man. Yeah. I want cool plot with aliens and... And, and it, it's interesting because yeah. like hearing you talk so much about how you love this movie, after yeah. I watched the movie, I'm like, I really enjoyed that. I wish there was more character. Yeah, sure. I, and that's what I wanted. Absolutely. Um, I yep. wanted to know like... Yeah. You know where did McCready come, did he come from? from? Like, what's he about? Who, yes. <laughs> what What's he giving up at the yeah, end of that movie? Because they, you know, they both die. Well, and see, so here's the thing. How do you? Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. How do you read the end? Spoiler. Of that movie? Yes, uh, exactly. Spoilers. How do you um, read the end of that movie? Because it's ambiguous. Sure. Which is another thing that I like about that movie. Yeah. The ending is unclear, right? Because right. because there are two survivors left: Kurt Russell's character and one other character. And the notion is they're probably both going to die. I think they exp- pro- they blow up the outpost at the end. They, right? they yeah they burn it all down. They, they burn it all down. Decided that they can't let this thing out. They can't let it hit. They can't the ge- let and they can't let yes. it freeze again. They can't let it freeze again. They can't let it into the general population. So yeah. they light the outpost up. But the ambiguous part is that because the thing can um, trans transform into whoever that it's coming into contact with, right? One of them could be the thing. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. it, so it could be the fact that one of them is sitting there with this alien. Yeah. Right. And that is so isolating and horrifying. Right. Yeah. That at least there's two of you left and you can sort of commiserate about the fact that you're going to die after this attack. But maybe there's not two of you left. Right. Right. You can't even trust that the two of you are human. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really horrifying. And I think that gets to a very primal sort of feeling about isolation that's very sure. interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know how you read the end of that movie. Yeah. But. I'd like to watch the movie again through yeah. your lens. Okay. You know, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, like I, yeah. from a technical, especially a technical standpoint in the way, yeah. the, the way it's shot, the, uh, the special effects, um, and yeah. you have special effects and you have visual effects. Kids. True. Visual yep. effects are a new <laughs> form of effects which are computer generated. Yeah. Special effects are practical. Yeah. So when you see SFX, it usually means either practical visual yeah. effects. And what are practical effects for those of us who really don't know what you're talking about? It means that you get it in camera. Yeah. It happens on the, sc- it happens on the day. Yep. 
you film it happening. The thing you are seeing in the movie is actually what you would have been seeing, at least from a particular angle. When you when you when, see you the dog, yeah. the dog's head or something oh, going up to the ceiling, and then you see all those <laughs> tentacles just. <laughs> oh God, I love it so much. Everybody on the set saw it that day. Yes, um, exactly. Those were really there. And sure, it looks different through the eye of the camera, but that's Absolutely. the point. That's the that's the that's movie magic. Yep, for sure. Um, and and just from a standpoint of craft, yeah, um, it's a it's a huge success in my opinion, regardless yeah. of whether or not, yeah, you know, regardless of content, yeah, yeah, the craft is is fantastic for sure. Um, so. Uh, another thing I do want to bring up, uh, just really quickly, just as an as an offhand, something that I came across while we, while I was looking into John Carpenter a little bit deeper is um, speaking of Halloween, going back to that for just one second, right? Yeah. Rob Zombie, who we're also planning to do an episode about at some point, right? Remade Halloween, right? right? And there was some tension between sure. him and John Carpenter. Before we go which there, is very very funny. Yes, please. I've got one more comment on the thing. Oh, please do. Yes. So, and this 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 actually speaks to John Carpenter's ego. Mm-hmm. which again it's one of those things where it's like if john carpenter was my friend i might be upset about some of the Ooh, way i feel about him okay sure but because he's like something greater than yeah i love it you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, i do know like, what you mean. i love yeah. that he puts his name in front of everything he's an image for you to see and enjoy he's not you don't got to deal with him <laughs> john carpenter or john carpenter or yeah. a producer on the thing sure hired Ennio Morricone yeah, to yeah. score the thing. Yes. Ennio Morricone is mm-hmm. one of the one of the great Western film composers right. of all time. Right. Wow, wow, wow. That's yeah, Ennio yeah, Morricone yeah. for yeah. a Sergio Leone film. Yep. He's arguably one of the most iconic film composers in general of all time. Sure. John Carpenter hired him to do the score. Yeah. John Carpenter replaced half of his music in the movie with his own. Did he really? Anything you hear oh that synth gosh. is a recreation with in the of, thing. Yeah. Oh. So sometimes you'll hear orchestral swells sure. and just this creepy stuff. Yeah. That's Morricone. Yes. And sure, I I do think that maybe he used some of the the, the same melodies and stuff, yeah. mm-hmm. but he re-recorded it with his fingers <laughs> on with Alan Howarth on synthesizers. <laughs> That's so fun. But at the same, oh like, my god. But I get it at the same time because yeah. like he's yeah. developed this sound. Yeah. Because what's so interesting, like, I don't know if. John Carpenter's super interesting as this like auteur filmmaker. Yeah. Or he's just made this one kind of feeling of a thing that's yeah. just so wonderful. Sure. Yeah. That if you make if you make a John Carpenter movie without a simple like synthy sounding course. score, of course. Doesn't feel right. It would feel strange. And he's done that and yeah. it doesn't feel right. And it doesn't you know? fit. Yeah. Um uh speaking of which, uh Morricone won a Razzie. For the score of the thing, when really, it came out. and a Razzie is yeah, uh, an award. It's a joke award. It's a joke award, yeah. making fun of the thing. Yeah, you did um, the worst. It got more. It got like just just like the movie. He won a Razzie for the worst score of the year. Yeah, um, which is huh. not true. Yeah. Um. So John Carpenter. Yeah, he. That's very strange. Yeah. But another little fun little tidbit mm-hmm. for you, Quentin Tarantino fans. Oh yeah, true. Quentin Tarantino hired. And you know, Morricone to score the Hateful Eight. Yep. And Morricone said, "Yeah, that sounds great. I yeah. know they, they, there was some tension there between the two because sure. uh, Tarantino's movies are a little um, <coughs> had to burp. Sorry, <laughs> his movies are a little uh, brash. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some would say offensive. Some would say Morricone's an older gentleman, yep. an older Italian gentleman who yep. wasn't happy about <laughs> Quentin just." Ripping all of Enyo, Enyo's yeah. greatest of themes course. of all time and slapping them on just like slapping them in there, uh, yeah, you know, a, a bunch of people, s- s- yep, dropping the <laughs> N word every few minutes. But yeah. then I guess they they kind of made sure. up and and Morricone's like, yeah, absolutely, I'll I'll score you a movie. Wh- sure. Wh- when do we need this done? He's like, yeah. he's like, oh, it's going, it's going to be sent to the theater soon yeah i need it tomorrow and he's like oh sorry i can't he's like he's like i'll I'll write you a theme and he ended up writing like something like 30 minutes of music for him okay sure he said but you know what i can do for you Mm -hmm. john carpenter Mm -hmm. didn't use a bunch of my stuff for the thing yeah i'm gonna give that to you for the hateful eight and and that's cool what's funny about that is 
that the hateful eight and we won't go we'll do a whole i'm sure we'll do tarantino right maybe oh, yeah. m- maybe multiple times sure but like the thing about the hateful eight is it's the thing right yeah i mean it's it's not a knockoff or, or this is not downplaying yeah. the hateful eight or saying it's you know whatever derivative but like it is influenced heavily sure it's the weirdest thing ever because but, i mean tarantino like he's yeah you know i think the thing that he loves is a completely original idea. He's yeah. not interested in that. No, right. He's ref- he loves the things he loves. He's referential. He wants yeah. to be a. He wants certainly. To, he wants to stand side to side with the thing he loves. Of he course. doesn't want to go above and beyond. And he wants that to thing. do the homage, right? I mean, right. he's doing an homage to things. But it's he'd I mean, rather he'd rather his new movie be yeah. part of the yeah. Once Upon a Time Leone trilogy than sure you yeah. know anything else. Yeah, but I mean, and and so I mean, the Hateful Eight is. I mean, it is a it is a cowboy old west the thing with no sci-fi, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, which is the weirdest thing in the world to say, but then when you watch it, you're like, oh no, it totally is, right? Yeah. It's isolation, it's snow, it's who done it, it's it's yep. uh, um more uh, his name. Tell me his name. Morricone. <laughs> Morricone. Thank N-E-O you. Neo Morricone. Yeah. It's uh it's his score. It's all this stuff. So um. Anyway, it's a, it's a so, very good score. Yeah. Uh, so, what were you getting into? Oh, I was talking about Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween, which we don't right. have to go on to because we're talking about John Carpenter. But I just wanted to mention that there was some tension between the two, right? Sure. Um, and part of the reason was that uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween, which we'll talk about later, um, goes into the sort of background of Michael Myers in a way, and it goes into characterization, right? He humanizes he, Michael in he a way humanizes, that's yeah, not right. And he for... discusses he discusses the sort of character and motivation of Michael Myers in a way that John Carpenter really didn't like, right? Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want Michael Myers to have a background. He just wants him to be pure evil incarnate, yeah. and that's it. And that's actually so, really interesting. Yeah. Um, because as a character guy, yeah, I'm kind of on Carpenter's side. Interesting. There. Yeah, um, that is interesting. Why would that yeah. be? Because um, it would seem like as a character guy, you would want to know about motivation yeah. and drive and context and all this. But I want to know who Laurie Strode is. I don't want to know who Michael is. Right. You know what okay. I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, sure. I, I think I got characterization in Halloween. Sure. Um, I would have liked a little bit more in the thing, but at the same time, like. Mm-hmm that might not have been the right movie. It yeah. may not have been yeah. what it should have been, if sure. that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, uh, uh, when we look at, so um, I don't know, have you seen Prince of Darkness? Have you seen this? Nope. It's definitely worth watching. Um, for those of you who are listening, it's on Shudder. So if you have also, Shudder. Also, real quick, Wilford Brimley is in the thing. Oh, that's right. Yes, Wilford Brimley. Awesome. That's right. Diabetes. Okay. Diabetes. <laughs> so um, if you get the opportunity and you have you know Shudder, if you have that service, uh, go on there and watch Prince of Darkness. One of his, oh, that's on Shudder. Yes. It's one of his less well-known and also less successful movies, but I really enjoyed it. It has to do with uh, uh, Satan invading the earth in various ways. Right. So, I mean, it's, um, let me, it's I'm, Let me good. do a little quick research. It's quite good. Yes, feel free. Um, let's see. Uh, the first thing I'm going to ask mm-hmm. when when his movie is good or bad, who wrote it? Yes. Because um, he's he co-wrote a lot of movies. Yeah. And I find that the, a lot of the movies that he wrote with what was Deborah Hill? Is that yeah, I think so. Like Halloween. Um, I forget which other ones uh, mm-hmm. were actually very good. Were very good. Um, Prince of Darkness was written by Martin Quartermass. <laughs> okay. Who is john carpenter pseudonym oh so it's john carpenter okay um, which is interesting he, he does that all- is interesting yeah I, another thing interesting i think that i think about john carpenter as far as um his his role in modern filmmaking and why he's so sought after and why people love him so much sure he kind of makes it feel achievable um he does interesting like, he pulls out a synthesizer and makes sure. one of the most iconic horror scores of all time yeah. that you love. Sure. There's like, I think, th- three motifs in Halloween. Yeah. And that's all you need. He just it. reuses them over and over. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. You know, he's he's a minimalist with his lighting and his yep. camera techniques. Yep. Um, the acting can be good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. You know? Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. But he... Like when I watch Halloween, and I'm not saying this to, to, I'm not tooting my own horn, but when I see, and I'm not, and I'm also not downplaying Halloween. Because oh, okay. I, I, I love see where that you're going. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I could make a movie. Sure. Um, of that standard. Sure. 
Um, and I'm same, sure a lot of other filmmakers yes, feel of course. that way. And at the same time, we're uh, those other filmmakers would also exist in 2019 and not right. in whatever 1978 or whatever right. it is, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think there is something. Carpenter does sort of, for me at least, give me the vibe. And I'm not a filmmaker, right? I've, I've written some stuff, but I'm not a filmmaker in any way and don't seek to be. But he does give you the, he gives you the feeling of like a... Um, I don't know who um, John Carpenter um, almost has a sort of um, this is a strange left term, but it's sort of a Kevin Smithy type. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Like someone who he makes it seem achievable. He's not sure. a he's not a Spielberg, for example. Right, right. It's not a sort of he's not a George Lucas where it's like yeah. you're just you know um, it's achievable. And part of that seems like because he's doing these sort of pulpy genre. He's not doing high art, right? Right. He's doing vampires and Michael Myers. Exactly. Or something like this. And, you know, I would argue if if he were any <laughs> I I'm not I'm not trying to sound sacrilegious here. <laughs> I love John Carpenter. Sure, of course. I think and I almost almost saying this is like a compliment, but yeah. if I think if if he were a better musician yeah. and a better filmmaker, yeah. he wouldn't be as high regarded. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and that's part of what the Roger Ebert review that I just read from misses, right? Yeah. Part of what Roger Ebert is missing is the fact that the I mean, for example, the thing, but with I would argue with a lot of John Carpenter's career, is he's not trying for high art. He's not yeah. trying to be those things, right? Right. He's trying to be something that is to some extent, as you say, pulpy, right? Yeah. Plot driven, simplistic scores, um, genre based, all these sort of things that are just that's my bread and butter that I just absolutely yeah. love. Do you know what I mean? And those are It's very Ed Wood. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very much that kind of thing. He's we're, never we're gonna, gonna go out and make a genre picture. We're gonna make a genre. Yeah, exactly. It's never, it's never tell me the story of just regular people in dramatic, interesting relationships with one another and what their motivations yeah. are. It's not that. And that's what the, what's interesting yeah. is that, like again, I love character stuff. Yes. But I love character stuff in hard genre. Within genre. So yeah, I, I need the yeah. pulp. You, you need a hooky something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I don't so, have to have it, but that's that's what... But you like that. that yeah. It, it tickles my fancy. For sure. And so John Carpenter leads heavily into that stuff. And I think those are the strengths, right? Um, whereas some folks might think those were weaknesses. So, right. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about... Um, some movies really quick that uh john carpenter might have directed okay yeah um, i like that so uh one of one of which i i read about was uh exorcist three yeah yeah um he had I, the opportunity to he had the opportunity yeah. opportunity to I, I forget what happened but yeah. um i think he he left the project yeah he left a lot of these projects i think probably yeah. probably creative differences probably mm-hmm. he wanted it to end a different way sure um Exorcist, The Exorcist Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not one to have uh, like is is the third Exorcist the one that's held in high regard? I okay. So here's what I know about the Exorcist Three. Yeah. What I know about the Exorcist Three is one particular scene, uh, one of the greatest, and it is one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest jump scares. Yes, I know yes. exactly what you're talking about. Uh, one of the greatest jump scares I've ever seen comes in Exorcist 3 because it lets the tension build like crazy and you don't even know the tension's building until it's already happening, right? right? Um, and so that's really all I know about Exorcist 3. I mean, yeah. obviously, The Exorcist is phenomenal. Two, I don't know. Three, that's the only thing I know about three. Yeah. Um, so maybe. I want to say um, I listened to an episode of the Canon podcast when yeah. it was around. Sure. Um, and it was like a versus episode but it was the exorcist versus exorcist three oh interesting and i I need to go back and revisit i want to say the guest on was like a huge advocate advocate of the third of the third one okay john carpenter could have directed that that's very interesting um yeah so could have directed that could have directed yeah he uh he was offered zombie land really yes oh my goodness um I, I'm assuming he turned that down wow. as well. That would have been a very different movie. Yeah, that would have been a very different movie. Um, Certainly. Yeah, and that that movie has a ton of like character stuff, and it's not just yeah. plot, but that's true. I would have loved genre, to have seen that. Like yeah, crazy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hard genre. Yeah, most definitely. Um, 
That's very interesting. Um, I think he met for Top Gun. He met to direct <laughs> Top Gun. Really? Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, that doesn't fit. That doesn't seem like it fits. Mind. No, yeah. that doesn't seem like it fits for sure. He was also um, one of the things I came across when I was looking into him. He was also uh, tapped to do Halloween H two O, the the sort of twenty year anniversary picture with where Jamie Lee Curtis came back to reprise right. her role, right, in Halloween H2O. And I forget who did it. Was LL Cool J in that movie? I believe so. Was that who was in that? And I, uh, I want to say. Um, I want to say they maybe even approached uh, Jamie Lee Curtis to like. Okay. Uh get to entice john carpenter yeah and then john carpenter's back john carpenter apparently came to them and said yeah i'll do it but for like 10 million bucks and 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 they laughed at him he and the producer (laughs) because he felt that he like he's yeah i think john carpenter's worth probably like 30 Uh 30 something million dollars sure yeah he's got a he's got plenty yeah sure Um, nothing crazy but he's got plenty he's doing fine yeah um and I want to say that sure. he feels like he was... Um, he didn't get enough money from the he, first Halloween. Was yes. part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so he ended up not doing that movie. Right. Um, so he was involved, long as we're talking Halloween, he was involved in the latest Halloween to some capacity, as you said. Yeah, he was a producer on the movie. He was a producer. He also scored yeah. with other people. His son the and film. his godson. Yeah. Um, and that film was good. It was it was fairly true to the spirit of the yeah. whole enterprise. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was like I, I watched Halloween right before just sure. to like get yeah, primed to for gear it. up. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure, I feel like the Halloween, the new 2018 Halloween movie, yeah, is the equivalent of the Force Awakens. Yeah, for Star Wars. Oh, interesting. Yes, yeah, I like that. All the same points. Yes. The Death Star's bigger. True. This time, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Laurie falls falls and she disappears. Exactly. You know, like, she falls off the, the roof. Yeah, sure. But in the yeah. theater, like I know a lot of horror fans who yeah. are just really upset with that movie. Mm. But for me, watching it, I was just like, hands in the air. Sure. Yeah. Fists pumping. I'm yes. just enjoying the hell out of it. Of course. Yeah. No, it was a good time. So there's a lot of Carpenter that we didn't <laughs> talk about. I mean, this is just barely scratching the surface. Um, we there's a lot of Carpenter that I have yet to see. Absolutely. Uh, that I desperately want to see. Absolutely. Same here. Um, I would like to see. I mean, I know he had a couple decades there and may still maybe be having some of those decades where he wasn't as successful, where his you know right. big big films weren't as... Uh, or the films he was making yeah. didn't I mean, make the splash that his previous ones did. And technically... Things he's like retired yeah right, um, right right he he goes on tour with his son okay mm-hmm. it's a bonding thing for he musical and son. musical yeah. thing mm-hmm. yeah um sure. and uh he plays a lot of video games okay. a lot of xbox sure big xbox fan <laughs> and he's a huge <laughs> fan of the lakers that's so good yeah. professional why basketball not? why not man you yeah. invented you invented the slasher genre you got 30 right. million bucks why not <laughs> sit around and watch some watch some watch some games man enjoy yeah. some xbox like you're fine yeah do that yeah absolutely but i mean there's a lot a lot of important carpenter we didn't talk about we didn't talk about christine we didn't talk about the fog we didn't talk about right. escape from la yeah um, the fog is a movie i've actually never things. seen i understand yeah. the premise sure. i know it's it's he and jamie lee curtis returning mm-hmm. yeah uh, I want to say the fog was actually uh, somewhat successful. Okay, like Halloween. I think it's just mm. because it's returning to those horror roots. Sure. Yeah. Um, he feels as if it's not his best work. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, so uh, so there's still a lot of Carpenter. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a Carpenter part two sometime in the future or something sure. if we want to revisit it. But um, for now, I'm. I mean. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a rating if that's all right with you. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give John Carpenter on the whole. I'm gonna say eight out of ten spray painted white um, Bill Shatner masks. That's what I'm gonna give. Yeah. Him. Eight out of ten of them. I would. Yeah. I think I think that's a from a from a society social point of view. Sure. Yeah. I'd give him eight point five shape masks. Okay. Yeah. Um. From a technical is he or is he not great at the thing he does yeah i don't know (laughs) but i don't care yeah you know see that's the thing don't fall don't fall prey to roger ebert's faulty logic yeah that says that john carpenter's trying to do something else because he's not trying to do that at the same time like (laughs) 
I get why where the, that review is coming from. Yeah, sure. you know? <laughs> it's a barf bag movie. It's a barf bag movie. Of course. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to say 8.5. I'm going to say Hey, eight. I'm not. I, I didn't graduate college twice. Right. <laughs> I dropped out twice. I'm, un, I'm uneducated. Yeah. Right. I'm a dummy. Right. <laughs> you're the smart guy. And here you are liking all the, the barf bag movies. That's right. So I love like, a good barf bag movie now and then. What do I know? Let me just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can I can hum a couple ditties. Yeah, that's all I absolutely. can do. Absolutely. All right, folks. Well, that's you got it right there. Um, eight and eight point five, respectively, out of ten. Yeah. Uh, spray painted white. Uh, William Shatner, Bill masks. Shatner masks on John Carpenter. So go watch some John Carpenter movies. Um, see Halloween. See the thing if you haven't. If you have, watch them again. Go see Big yeah. Trouble in Little China. Watch The Fog. Um, check these things out. Check out movies that are called John Carpenter's yeah, something. And check you out. Know what I mean? uh, pull up your Spotify and know yeah. you have it. Oh yeah. Check out uh, yeah. John Carpenter's uh, Lost Themes Volume Absol- One and Two. Absolutely. Um, they're just these synthy soundscapes of him just having a good relationship with his son. Which <laughs> really They're just is- both hanging out smoking a lot of weed, <laughs> from what I understand. Probably significantly too yeah. much. Yeah. Well. I mean, you're going to be fine. You're just going to fall fine. asleep. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> he's got 30 million bucks. He, he doesn't have to slash your film. He doesn't he's fine. have to wake up and, and go to set. <laughs> no, he doesn't he, have to do anything. Yeah, he's He's got to catch the Laker game tomorrow. That's yeah. all right. He's doing good. He'll, he'll TiVo it. Yeah, he'll TiVo <laughs> it. It's fine. He'll sleep through it. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to Common Creatives. I am Will. And I am G- Cho. And Cho, uh, do you concur, Doctor? I concur. Thank you for listening, DNN.